Hey guys, today we're going to talk about anxiety and some post-COVID weird symptoms that I'm walking through because I want to be transparent with y'all, but also I know that a lot of you are experiencing similar things and great minds solve problems together, something like that. So we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about hard things. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys. Okay, today I am coming to you from my car at softball practice at eight at night on a Wednesday. So there might be background noise. That's the deal because that's when I am able to sit here and hang out with y'all. Oh my gosh, we've had just such a glorious day. We went out on the water in at Tim's Ford Lake in Middle Tennessee, if you're familiar We rented a boat and went with some friends on a Wednesday. It was a little bit cloudy, um, which actually was lovely. It was like 80 degrees. It was perfect. We fished. We swam. We just puddled around. We saw like maybe seven other boats all day long. God loves homeschool and going and doing things in the middle of the week when it's cheap and when no one else is doing that thing. Oh, it's great. Just another thing to consider for those of you who are on the fence about homeschool, just saying. But now we rushed our bottoms back and we're here at softball practice because yes, those of you are wondering, wait, didn't you just finish baseball? Yes, I did. I did just finish baseball, actually. Thanks for asking. Actually, we finished in mid-July and now it is not even mid, no, it's mid-August. I'll go mid-August. I think that's where we're at. And we're starting fall ball now. That was spring ball. This is fall ball. Fall ball is shorter and less competitive. Fall ball, very serious, very competitive. Needless to say, I'm just back at the ball field spending all of my days. So this is when I get to come and hang out with you guys is when I'm in my car. So if it sounds funny, that's why. So today I actually want to deviate from the status quo and just kind of talk to you about some things that I've been walking through personally because I need information. I need guidance. I need revelation in this kind of health journey I've been on. And I know I'm not alone. Actually, I know I've actually come across several people who have been walking through similar things. But Primarily, so I want to talk a little bit about some health issues that if you are experiencing stuff that I'm about to talk about, please email me at wendycunningham at protonmail.com. I would love to hear your story. I would love to know what you're learning about, what's going on, because this is this seems to be a thing. And what is the thing? The thing is 
post-COVID strange symptoms. Strange, not long COVID, at least not long COVID by its traditional definition, which seems to include all kinds of random things. But let me just back up and give you a little bit of history. So I had COVID in September of 2021, which was during the Delta wave. My husband and I and my kids, we all had it at the same time. It was very mild. We did do the FLCCC protocol to a T. Um, We were sick for about two days, had fever for about two days, and then we were basically well for the remainder of our 10-day quarantine, and we did do that. Um, But we basically felt fine after that. I had a headache. I did get the cough and I had one day of fever, um, like a low fever. So that was kind of my experience with COVID. Nothing terrible, nothing scary. But after that, you know, I kind of had the lingering cough. I did start to get an increase in my heart palpitation. So this is kind of the first symptom. And I know that a lot of people, especially women, have what's called PVCs. And it's like preventricular... I don't know, C's. Um, And they're benign and it's just basically your heart is skipping a beat. It can happen just once. It can happen in kind of a series. It's not awesome. I don't love it. But I started getting PVCs back in about 2018 when I, truck driving by, when I was training for a half marathon. So never had PVCs before. And then all of a sudden I started to get just these random little, you know, like it feels like it just takes your breath away. Like you take, you do a little sharp intake of breath because your heart essentially malfunctions for a minute. And to my understanding, what's happening is the electrical impulse is meant to come from the top of the heart down. And then there's almost just like a little reverberation from the bottom that tries to shoot back up the electrical impulse tries to shoot back up the heart and the heart just does an extra hard beat to kind of write it. And that's the end of the episode, right? If you've seen it on a monitor, it looks kind of funky, whatever, but it's not serious and a lot of people have it. So if you even have that and you have found, you know, something makes it worse and something makes it better, I would love to know that, first of all. So I started getting them in 2018, but I would say that I had them maybe once or twice a week. I wore a halter monitor for a month. So again, I know that I'm sharing this with you guys because I know this is more common than maybe we talk about regularly. And I'm wondering if people have answers. Okay. So I'm not trying to just bore you with my medical history. So, um, once or twice a week wore a halter monitor for a month because they were infrequent enough. They wanted to make sure that they picked up several. So, wore that. It's, you know, PVCs, diagnosis, benign, no issue. I even got an echocardiogram, no holes in my heart, nothing wrong there. Okay, move on with my life. There's not really any medicine, not that I would want to take a medication, but nothing to really be done about it. Moving on. So post-COVID, almost immediately, you know, within a couple of weeks, I noticed just an increase in my heart palpitations. Now it was a little bit concerning because I do know that this, you know, is a biological weapon for goodness gracious, this COVID. And, you know, it can be pretty catastrophic. Obviously lots of people are dying. There's the spike protein, which disrupts your heart, which is part of the problem. Well, not disrupt your heart, but can cause blood clotting or issues, cardiac issues, which is why the vaccine is so dangerous because it's basically a spike protein creating factory. So 
had the increase in the PVCs to the point where actually on New Year's Eve, so a couple months after having COVID, I went into my primary care before they closed down to um, get a EKG. Now, if you've ever had an EKG, basically, if they don't see whatever you're talking about in the one minute, the EKG is taking a read of your heart rhythm, then it doesn't exist. And unfortunately, they did not catch any of the issues I was having. But I was having enough on New Year's Eve back to back that I was concerned enough to go in. January 4th, I was eating dinner after dinner. I had heart palpitations that started to come back to back. And I had them, I would say they started maybe around 7.30 in the evening. At 11 o'clock that evening, I decided to go to the ER because they had not relented. And that had never, ever happened to me before where they were just so back to back. You know, it was like maybe every third heartbeat, it felt like I was having a, a PVC. And usually if I go shower or lay down or, you know, do something to change my my state, I can get them to stop or slow down. No such luck with this situation. So of course, once you're, you can't get it to stop, you know, then there's anxiety, which is another issue I want to talk about. Actually, I'm going to get there. So now I'm like having a lot of anxiety over this issue with my heart. I can't get it to stop. I can't figure it out because it was such a a sudden and severe change in rhythm. I decided to go to the ER. You guys, this is when you wake up your children who are in asleep in bed and you and your husband drive as quickly as possible. We live about 30 minutes away from the hospital. We did end up calling 911 halfway there because I was just having a hard time breathing. Obviously anxiety was going. It was very scary. Um, there was no ambulance available. <laughs> Shout out to my rural folks, right? So my husband, who actually spent a small part of his life driving an ambulance, successfully got me quickly to the hospital. Um, I went in. They checked me. I did get an EKG. I did get put on a monitor for several hours. They did register all the PVCs. They did not know why there was an increase. I had been fasting for church for three days leading up to this. And so they thought perhaps it was a change in my eating habits, whatever, whatever. They sent me home from the ER after like five hours and every blood test and everything else saying, you're fine. We see what you're talking about, but there's nothing we can do. Have a good day, which is terrible to drive home from the hospital feeling exactly the same way you drove to the hospital, right? That went on for six days straight, day and night, never relenting. The every third or fourth, I think I was ending up having, um, gosh, maybe like 10 to 15 um, a minute. So it's not every heart, every third heartbeat. It just felt like that. It was just very, very constant and consistent. Um, and sometimes they would be closer, you know, and then you would really get your breath taken away. So that happened in January. Then I basically started down this road of anxiety growing to be what I would consider in my life out of control. <laughs> the fear, and this is something I talked to one of my girlfriends about who's kind of walking through a similar issue with, with heart or cardiac issues, is the fear becomes consuming. This is how I know that COVID and anxiety and depression are all absolute from the pits of hell, tools of the enemy, my goodness gracious. I would say for sure the anxiety is way worse than any of the actual symptoms I'm experiencing, which is why I wanted to talk about anxiety. So I'm going to, I did also, before I moved to anxiety, I did also after this um, event with uh, the six days of, of PVCs constantly, or so it felt. 
I did get an MRI with contrast and stress, which is not awesome if you've ever had an MRI. It lasted about an hour and they did have to speed up my heart to like a hundred and some odd beats per minute while I'm laying perfectly still in a tube that it makes you feel very claustrophobic where you feel like your heart's going to explode and did the contrast, which makes you feel like your body's on fire. Um, that was exciting all to discover I'm wildly healthy. Okay. So this is what's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. And also very frustrating. I also wore a heart monitor during those six days of crazy PVCs and they did catch a little bit of, um, ventricular tachycardia, which then that's what made me do the MRI. All this to say there's no reason, there's nothing actually wrong. Yes, there was a little bit of VTEC, but like they couldn't discover in the MRI like what would be causing that or perhaps that was just a once one time. I didn't actually feel the VTEC while I had the monitor on, didn't feel it, didn't experience it. It just happened very briefly, caught it on the monitor, what have you. So again, the fear over all of this, oh, I'm sorry. Then I started to get some chest pain right around that same time. The chest pain moves around. It migrates. Sometimes it's on the left. Sometimes on it's on the right. Sometimes it's there for an hour. Sometimes it's just really sharp and acute and goes away. It's so strange. Sometimes it feels deep inside. Sometimes it feels muscular. Sometimes it feels like associated with a heart palpitation. My heart palpitations have gone way back to like once or twice a week. So those have kind of miled out, but now the chest pain, which causes the anxiety. So let's talk about anxiety. I dealt with anxiety when in my early 20s, kind of a quick onset. I never used to have any anxiety. I actually remember in college, one of my best friends struggled with anxiety, had panic attacks, and I just didn't understand it. Like I remember telling her when we were traveling in Europe and she would be like, I just need to go back to the hostel or whatever. I'd be like, why don't you just like calm down? You know, just like, just take a breath, like calm down. You're fine. You know, like there's no actual danger. And oh my gosh, friend, If you ever hear this, I'm so sorry I said that to you because I just didn't understand. I didn't understand. You can't calm down. The way that I would describe anxiety is swimming in a river. Most of the time you get into the river, not in a rapid place. You get into just a very mild current, right? And you're just kind of, you have no problem swimming in the river. It's very easy. Well, sometimes you get a little bit, you're not paying attention or whatever, and you realize, oh my gosh, I've drifted into an area that has much more of a current. I'm feeling a little bit like it's, I'm having a little bit of a harder time swimming and keeping up. I'm trying to get to the shore. Then you realize there's a waterfall coming and you are panicking to stay, to swim upstream, to swim upstream. That's what anxiety feels like to me. And then every once in a while, you slip over that waterfall. You slip over that waterfall and it's a free fall, which I call a panic attack or an anxiety attack or whatever, where the hyperventilation and or the tears and or the irrational just you've gone over the edge and you know I'm over the edge. Like even at that point, I feel like the fear goes away, but your body has taken over. There's more of like a you know, the adrenaline and there's, there's more things going on than you can even stop or slow down. And, um, in that case, there's a number of things I use to get out of a panic attack, but that's what I describe anxiety as for anyone who's never experienced it. So I had a sudden onset of anxiety in my early twenties. Actually, I remember very specifically, I was doing a play. I used to be an actor. I was doing a show. I had a very small role. It was not opening night. I was, it was intermission. And I was reading Harry Potter in my costume. I had a wig and, you know, uh, period costume on. And I felt 
like a dizziness in my head, which sent like an adrenaline rush through my body, which then sent me into this like upset stomach, a little bit of shortness of breath, tightening in my chest. I told the stage manager that I felt like I was going to pass out. She unzipped my dress. I was very red. My skin was very red. She called 911, which I was like mortified, actually mortified about. But I ended up going to the hospital in an ambulance because, you know, like that's how these things freaking go. Once you're like, well, I guess I don't know what's wrong with me. No, I don't have a medical history, blah, blah, blah. Went to the hospital that night, got on a heart monitor, got all the tests, and they determined I had anxiety. I had an anxiety attack. I'd never had such a thing. I never felt afraid. There was no cause. There was no you know, (laughs) trigger or mechanism. It was not a slow buildup to this moment. It was just like all of a sudden I had anxiety and I, anxiety begets anxiety. Can I get an amen? Because from that moment on, I was not just, not just experiencing anxiety, but I had anxiety about experiencing anxiety. (laughs) I was afraid that I was going to have an anxiety attack like that out of nowhere. So I started having constant anxiety because I was afraid of having anxiety. What like devil trick is this, right? Total devil trick. So that went on. I did end up getting on an anxiety medication. Here's the slippery slope, right? Of my naive youth land in my early marriage, my poor husband, bless his heart. What he has walked through with me. I tell you, I am a, just a fun, I'm a bag of fun. So um, he was there with me in the ER that night. So exciting. And so I did get on a medication because of the fear of the fear. And then that medication caused a number of side effects, which is true for basically all pharmaceutical drugs. And so I would also like to note that when I you know, followed up with my primary care, they said, okay, you ended up in the ER for an anxiety attack. Do you want medicine? I was like, I mean, do I need medicine? They're like, well, that would be the best way to mitigate this, mitigate this. Okay. Nobody asked me to see a therapist. Nobody asked me why I might have anxiety or whatever. Not that I would have necessarily had good answers at the time, but perhaps those would be good questions to ask. Why did all of a sudden you end up in the ER for anxiety? So needless to say, got on medication number one, went back to my primary care. I'm having all these side effects. They don't take me off medication number one. They put me on medication number two. Now I'm on two daily drugs. I'm having trouble sleeping. So now they put me on medication number three to help me sleep. Now I'm on three daily drugs, but I'm still having anxiety attacks here and there randomly. So now they prescribe anxiety medication number three, pill number four which is to be taken as needed because pill number one and two are clearly not taking care of the problem. So I need pill number four. And that's not to mention I was also on two medications at that time for acne. So I was on six medications in my early 20s, prescription drugs. Five of them were daily medications that I needed to be taken. It happened like in the course of six months time. I ended up on all that medication from never being on a daily medication. I spent about a year on that medication, my personal experience. And again, I know that medication is helpful and that people have experienced relief. So let me just preface this with that. When I was on my anxiety medication, it changed who I am. It changed who I was. It changed my personality. It changed the way that I processed thoughts. It made me um, angry. It made me um, apathetic. It made me, I didn't have the highs and the lows 
but I didn't have much, many feelings at all. I was very just neutral and, and angry. I would say I was kind of like more in an angry state. I actually, during this period, slapped my sister across the face, which if you know me, you're laughing because, and if you know my sister, you're laughing. We both immediately laughed because I had never done anything like that, nor is that in my character at all. And I actually cut her face with my nail. So we joke about that to this day, but I, I immediately was like, I cannot believe I did that. Like, I cannot believe that I did that. So I was on that medication for, gosh, maybe a year, 18 months. And then I slowly got myself off of that and went the road of nutrition. I think there's a lot of power in this. I did, you know, did some detoxing and cleansed my body of a lot of stuff. I got off of a ton of sugar, which helped with sleep issues. You know, like I moved in the right direction. I also switched um, career fields and started building my own business and had a more flexible schedule, got better sleep because I wasn't staying up late and waking up super early. Um, I made lifestyle changes that ultimately worked better than the medication. Praise Jesus. And I do believe in all that. And I was free of anxiety. I conquered anxiety for the majority of, you know, for the, the majority of the time, I will say, for about a decade. And the only time I would struggle with anxiety was flying on an airplane, which if you flew with me on an airplane in that time, again, you're laughing because there are some really great stories of me being on two Dramamine and an Ativan to get on an airplane. Obviously, I could not fly by myself and I could not fly to be responsible for my children alone because I would be heavily medicated to go on a, on a flight. And even then I'm like clinging to the chair, really struggled with flying specifically. But I remember um, I did have an anxiety attack on the plane when I was pregnant with my daughter, which again, then I became even more afraid of flying because of the fear of having an anxiety attack on a plane. So that little fun trick again. And so, um, because I feel trapped as soon as I started having an anxiety attack on an airplane, I was like, Oh my gosh, get me off this airplane immediately. So I can walk around and process my, you know, anxiety attack right now. So that increased my level of flight specific anxiety. But then I remember being very specific in, in my prayers and going, okay, Lord, I know that I am blessed in a career field that I've chosen and built a business that I've built that is going to allow me to fly often to amazing places, to visit friends, to visit family, and to go on vacation often. So I need to get the heck over this. And so I really did just kind of manhandle it. And looking back, and I think this is a big part of the journey, I don't, I did not surrender my fear to the Lord. I manhandled, I, in my own strength, muscled myself into not being afraid of flying. I also conditioned myself into not being afraid of flying by flying like every three weeks on average. I was going somewhere on an airplane for a good three years of my life, which I loved at the time. I, I was going places. I was taking my kids sometimes. I was getting away from my kids sometimes. I loved what I was doing. I really got used to, and I would say even enjoyed flying because it would be time to just listen to music, just read, just kind of take a nap rest, you know, I actually got to a place where I really liked flying, then COVID. So 
obviously the cardiac events started after COVID. I stopped flying because of COVID because one, I flew twice in between the beginning of 2020 and the end of 2021. I only flew two times in two years. So I went from flying every three weeks to two times in two years, I think. Maybe, yeah, like about two times in two years span because I refused to put on a mask. I was just not doing that. I would drive. We did road trips. Like I was just like, I'm not doing that. Um, then I got myself out of the condition of flying, right? So I wanted to bring this up. Oh, and then I had the cardiac stuff start, which caused the anxiety. And this all led to the point where I am really right this now, right this minute in my current life, really struggling with anxiety again. And it's super frustrating because I felt like I had gotten over this. I did such a good long run in my life without feeling anxious, without struggling with anxiety. Um, I feel like the tricks that I used last time are not working. I do recognize Holy Spirit is asking me to repent of my fear. I'm doing that all the time. But if you struggle with anxiety, you understand what I'm saying. I do not want to have this be a podcast where I'm like, hey guys, we're victims of anxiety. There's nothing that we can do. That is not what I'm going to say. Because I, although yes, we are, and again, I believe in being careful with your words, we are experiencing anxiety. We do not have anxiety, which is to say anxiety has us. That's not the case. We are experiencing anxiety. There, there, I'm in a season of experiencing anxiety. So I'm, I'm trying to be careful with my words because I don't want to say I have anxiety as in like I'm trapped here and there's no way out. And I want to encourage you if you experience anxiety, I relate to you. I understand what you're walking through. I'm in it, the very thick of it, even this very day. But we are not trapped here. This is just a moment in time. We are moving through this season of anxiety. You and I together are moving through the season of anxiety. We are, I totally know, even though COVID did not scare me, 2020 and 2021 did not scare me. I'm not afraid of what happened during the pandemic. It got me out of my routines, which now have triggered, you know, anxiety about that. But then also this cardiac stuff that I've been experiencing is also causing me to have anxiety. And again, it's the fear of the fear because I'm afraid I'm going to have some sort of issue when I'm out and about and I'm going to be embarrassed because then I'm going to have to go to the hospital. Or I'm going to have like an ambulance called or they're going to 911 call or whatever. And I'm going to be embarrassed about that. So I'm afraid of the thing that isn't even happening, which what's ironic about this is I did a training in my organization that's actually very well received and listened to called fear over faith or fear versus faith. And it's all about positive what if questions in our brain and negative what if questions in our name in our brain. What if I have an issue on the boat today? What if my I have a heart attack and my kids watch me? What if I have an issue while I'm driving, right? These are all hypothetical negative situations that inspire fear. I could also say, what if there is nothing at all wrong with me? What if I feel perfectly great all day? What if everything is perfectly fine? Like these are positive what if questions, also hypothetical, but those things give us life and help us to experience more faith in our life. But we always tend to believe the negative what if questions, right? So I am no stranger to this. I am very familiar with this walk. The reason why I'm bringing this all to you again, not because I want to say, Hey, we're victims guys. Like there's nothing we can do. I am working through, um, 
looking for answers as to what is going on with my cardiac symptoms. And I hate to even say that because there's nothing wrong with my heart. I've done the tests, run the gamut on that bad boy. What is causing, right? We got to get to the root. I know what's causing my anxiety. What is causing your anxiety? What is giving you fear? What is triggering you? What are at the, what's at the root of it? How can we get answers or solve problems at the root so that the byproduct, which is the fear or the anxiety, dissipates or goes away? What are some of the things we can do to mitigate in our life? Like, change of nutrition. I've taken out caffeine, which is not easy. I homeschool three children. I run a business. I've got softball and baseball. I write a column. I have this podcast. I do a couple of things in my life. My husband has two businesses. (laughs) We're busy people. It's not like I'm just, you know, totally the girl that's a perfect candidate for going caffeine free. But I'm doing it because I'm like, I know that that causes cardiac symptoms. So I'm kicking that as much as I, I would say I've been really good. You guys would be so impressed with that. Um, Even my fizz, for those of you who know, just kicking it all, kicking it all out. I'm doing the things to mitigate, to work in my favor so that I'm not controlled by these things. So I wanted to do this because I want to talk about anxiety. I'm reading a book right now. Um, called The Invisible Rainbow. I'm learning about electromagnetic stuff and whatnot that I think could also be triggering some of my um, cardiac issues. So for those of you who follow all the 5G craziness or, you know, the the Wi-Fi, turn off your Wi-Fi at night, all of those people that know about the electrical impulses moving through our environment all the time, I'm getting, I'm getting there, guys. I'm learning about that, going in that direction. I absolutely believe that that is a contributor to what I'm experiencing and uh, uh, the experience at large, because I know I'm not alone. I know a lot of people are having similar experiences like this. The weird thing is, why is it post-COVID? What is triggering this post-COVID? So if you are someone who's experiencing stuff like this, tell me your story, please email me. I would love to know what you've learned, what makes it better, what makes it worse, any information you can give, because I, like I said, I've just talked to so many people that are experiencing strange things, chest pains, heart palpitations. Um, and even if it isn't post COVID, but you have experienced these things and you know what's going on, let me know. Let's talk about it. I even was told, um, just yesterday by two separate people. And again, after I prayed, Lord, just reveal it. I just want your revelation in this. Show me which way to go. Give me direction, what to take out, what to put in. And two people in the same day after I prayed that prayer told me that I could have had or experienced a nervous system injury during COVID, which specifically would be related to like your vagal um, uh, nerve which is kind of like right at the bottom of your, your rib cage, like right there at your, is that called your solar plexus maybe? You know, right where your ribs come together, right kind of below your heart. There's a vagal nerve there that could have been damaged and is basically misfiring, which can be causing issues with the heart palpitations, but also just some of the random chest pain that migrates and moves around. Could be that. I don't know much more than that. But I'm exploring all these things and trying to figure out what it could be and how I can help it. So I wanted to talk about it because I know that we're experiencing it jointly together. If you know things I don't know, I want to talk, I want to hear about it. If you guys are 
um, struggling with anxiety, if you are somebody that's struggling with anxiety, please shoot me an email. I want to know kind of how prevalent this really is because I, in this book that I'm reading, it's talking about how anxiety as a, as a diagnosis. And that doesn't mean like, like it couldn't have been a different word couldn't have been used, um, before this time, but in the late 1800s is kind of the first time that the word anxiety or any like nervous, um, nervousness disorders, anything that could be really described as anxiety appeared in medical journals. So it is kind of a newer phenomenon. And I would say a huge majority, especially our young people are struggling with anxiety. What is going wrong? I mean, I can, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on what is happening in my life that's triggering it. But also a lot of my anxiety just comes on without any specific trigger. It's not like I always get anxiety right after I have some symptoms. Sometimes I just get random anxiety for no reason, right? Like it's just, I'll get some weird feelings in my body, numbness, dizziness, tightening in the chest, those sorts of things that are just kind of triggered for no reason. So what is going on? What is happening? What is happening to us? How prevalent is this? How much of an issue is this? And what can we do to stop it? That's all I've got. That's what I want to talk about. I just want to bring this to you guys because I do want to be transparent and authentic and let y'all know what I'm walking through and and what's happening. And I'll even go so far as to tell you guys, um, which is not, I'm like embarrassed about this, but I recently was supposed to fly somewhere, gosh, um, mid-July, I was supposed to fly to Vegas for my business and actually on my way to be dropped off at my girlfriend's house, she was going to take me to the airport the next morning. I had a panic attack and my husband did not let me go because I just was so upset about getting on a plane. I know I'm out of the habit. I know, I know in my brain, this is irrational. These are lies of the enemy. The enemy is here to steal, uh, kill and destroy it. Like I know that I know that's what's happening. I'm giving ground to the enemy. I know that I know that. This is very real for me right now. This is a very real struggle that I'm walking through. And again, I just want to be, I want to talk about it. I want to be relatable. I want you guys to know what I'm walking through. Because I think sometimes people look at other people and go, oh, they, they're doing it all or they can get, they've got it so together or whatever. I mean, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing my life, but it is a struggle, struggle bus. So shoot me an email. I want to hear your experience. I want to hear what you're walking through. If you've got answers, let's share our information. I totally believe in the hive, which is to say, if I'm experiencing something, I know someone who knows someone who has the answer. So I'm putting it out into the world, guys. That's all I got. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Heavenly Father, we surrender this over to you. We know that you came so that we could have life and life abundant. We know that there is an enemy that is out there to kill, steal, and destroy we do not give that power over. We repent of any any ground we've given to the enemy, Lord. But we just pray for your healing and your revelation and your answers, Lord. Please direct our steps. You are good. Amen.